This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Hi, I'm David, a school founder and CEO, a mindfulness teacher, and leadership coach. This is a podcast for paradigm shifters just like you ready to reignite the flames of passion that drew you into education in the first place. You're ready to live and flow, lead with love, and be the fullest version of the change maker you've always dreamed of. Then join me as I break down the mindfulness, leadership, and life teachings that have completely changed my life, while also speaking with guests whose wisdom have inspired new ideas and transformation across the globe. Join me on the journey of becoming a mindful education warrior. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited today to share my conversation with you with Craig Martin. Let me tell you a little bit about Craig, and then I will share just a quick overview of the episode. So Craig is an award-winning gay Black male educator with over 20-plus years of service and leadership centered on building culturally rich and inclusive scholar-centered learning ecosystems. This is exactly what I believe in. We had a great conversation. He's the executive director of Bridge Boston Charter School, where he's built a culture focused on social, emotional learning and restorative practices, as well as led diversity, equity, and inclusion work to foster a safe, welcoming, and inclusive school environment for his students and staff. All right, so I'm just going to let you know that you are going to enjoy this episode today because Craig is an authentic and genuine. We talked a little bit about being a genuine leader and a genuine person, and he's inspirational, so you'll feel uplifted just being in the conversation with him. And you're, of course, going to get really good tools and tips for how he approaches his life as a heart-centered leader, as somebody who lives in gratitude and works really hard to not only be the great leader that he is, but we also touch upon places where he struggles and how he navigates his negative self-talk and the problems and the issues that he faces in his life and the tools that he uses to navigate all these different things that we all have to deal with on a regular basis. So I hope you enjoy the episode today. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to be with Craig Martin today. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was sharing before we hit record that I'm really grateful to have you on and spent some time kind of checking you out and learning more about you. And I'm very grateful that you took the time to be with us today. So wanted to say that out loud. Feeling is mutual. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, let's just jump right in. Let's just get into this conversation. I'd love to hear from you what it means to be. It's kind of a big question, but that's how I roll. (laughs) I don't know how to do software. (laughs) 
I just love to know, like, what does it mean to you to be a transformative educational leader? Hmm. It is a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. Uh, I will try to do it justice uh, to, to some degree. Um, in my sphere, uh, being uh, a school leader uh, within a KA community uh, that has had the privilege of um, walking alongside 100 plus staff members uh, as we continue to do this work on behalf of, you know, almost 400 young people, I think the work is centered on this big question of, well, how am I best showing up in service uh, of my passion, of my purpose, uh, in all that I and we do as a community? And Different people in my community require different things. Some folks are looking for inspiration. Uh, some people are looking for direction because <laughs> the world is a little, little crazy at times. Yeah. Some people need encouragement. Um, and, and some people just need a guide, someone who is able to walk right alongside them, ask them really good questions that'll help them change practice. The goal generally is some paradigm shifts, Sometimes it's some of that hard work that builds collaboration, uh, but also inspires people to tap into their own genius. And ultimately, when those different elements are happening, our young people win, our community win, each, each person who serves gets their small and big wins because they're showing up and being seen uh, in some of the best moments that they, they can be as human beings in this world that we, we live in today. That's like, honestly, the best, like one minute answer I've ever heard. Like literally, that was super impressive. And now we can just like dig in on some of the amazing things you said. Well, I'd love to hear. I remember when I was first deciding if I was going to go into education and I read a book by a uh, Tennessee women's basketball coach, Pat Summit. And she, this, this really resonated with me. Like, you know, you remember something I was, remember I was on the train going home from college and I was like reading this book and she said that her number one piece of advice after, you know, 30 plus years of coaching and all the national championships is that you really get to know your players and that you understand what each individual needs and like how they need to be, what, you know, what information needs to be delivered. And you had mentioned kind of each person needs a different thing. So I'd be yeah. curious, you know, how do you navigate that as a leader? Mm -hmm. No, you know, for teachers that are listening or whatever role you're playing in the education space, you know, how do you navigate really understanding what each individual might need when you have a, a group of them. Yeah. And I would share, I got 40 plus years in, you know, in, in, in on this earth and uh, 20 over 20 some years of that has been uh, dedicated to the field of education. I've seen a lot. Um, I've made, some really decent decisions <laughs> and I've made some decisions that weren't great. Right. Uh, and each of them have served as building blocks or stepping stones to something absolutely great. It could be epiphanies. It could be outcomes, but ultimately my one being human pausing and recognizing that I'm connecting and in 
I am building, I am collaborating within community. I'm not doing this by myself. And many times people want to know that you show up authentically. And so now that I'm a little bit older, uh, the things that I used to be hung up on about how I show up in the world from an aesthetic perspective, do I have the talent that is necessary? How do you work through exhaustion? I, therefore, almost half of my education career worked more than one job. So I was never just a teacher. I was a teacher and an after-school program person. But what I have come to learn is will reach out to you or tap on, you know, tap some of your genius when they realize something resonates for them from an authenticity perspective. They may feel like, hey, Craig, you, you know, can I talk to you about this thing that I'm challenged by? And depending on the nature of how that conversation shows up, people will will make a decision on, well, is he someone I can come back to to get, you know, additional advice or can, will he judge me because I just either made a bluster or just don't know the way forward? How is he right. going to, to, to create the space? And so I just really try to be as human as I can, listen more than I, I actually speak because it's important to give people a place and space to just talk because sometimes that's what they need. Um, and try to figure out how can I be of service and support to the next person who is in the space with me. Yeah. When I always say that, you know, part of this, this podcast is called the mindful education warrior. And a lot of times I remind people that kind of the, the meaning behind it is that you have this kind of internal landscape or your own inner journey. And then the warrior part of you is like showing up on the outside, you know, as, as part of your journey. And I love what you were saying about really, like everything you're saying is you build trust, you build relationships. And that's like, you read any leadership book or, you, you know, that's like one-on-one, which is really important. And I'm not trying yeah. to say it's not undermining your answer, but I'm saying like, that's the really important thing that every great leader says. And what I'm hearing you say is that what I can feel and I can understand and love to hear you say more is that you have a relationship with yourself. As you said, mm-hmm. you know, 20 plus years in education, 40 plus years on the planet you have a relationship with yourself and a trust with yourself so that when you're interacting with these other folks, they're feeling that trust. It goes both ways. If you know what I'm getting at here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Howard Thurman uh, wrote a piece called the sound of the genuine. It says uh, something to the effect of like something, there's something in you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in other people. And that is such a critical component to who we are as human beings. Like we are constantly looking for places where we can be safe and brave. And we're listening for someone that creates that spirit of resonance. And you want to build that sense of connection. And and so I'm hopeful, hopeful that as I continue to do my internal work, that what people will experience is that, Yeah, there are some things I feel absolutely confident about that I know that I know, uh, but there are also a lot more other areas of who I am in my humanity or the work that I do that I'm still trying to figure out. And as long as I continue to be as honest about those things, I think that, you know, people will continue to, you know, be in in space and community with me. Yeah. First of all, I'm a huge Howard Thurman fan, and I also follow Michael Bernard Beckwith, and I know he talks about Howard Thurman all the time. So. Love that you brought him up. And 
I feel like the, what you're really getting at too, is this, you've, you've mentioned it a few times, this authenticity. Yes. And again, I feel like people can, people, especially kids, especially mm-hmm. kids, they can sniff it out so quickly, but oh, even yes. adults, right? <laughs> you're not being yes. authentic. Like I remember my first year teaching in Oakland and mm-hmm. like the kids are like, there's something different about you when I was being myself. Yeah. When I was trying to be, be the like, you know, I was told grade everybody on what their grades were last year, you know, give the bad advice for, <laughs> in the urban schools, like grade everybody on the grades they had last year, like be a drill sergeant, don't smile till November, all the wow. stuff that we hear, right? In urban schools. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and whenever I was trying that, mm-hmm. kids were like, I don't have any of this. And then when I just showed up authentically and just followed my intuition and tried to be who I was, they're like, there's something different about you. And they picked up on that really quick. And I feel like every human being can pick up on authenticity mm-hmm. or lack Absolutely. thereof. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, what's your, how do you navigate going into these different spaces, being the most authentic version of yourself? Mm. Well, I'm a, I'm also a fan of Dr. Brene Brown. Uh, and, you know, I... One of, I mean, so many lessons that she speaks to, but uh, Brene talks about braving, right? Which is uh, boundaries, reliability, accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, uh, and generosity, if I'm not mistaken. And when I think about where I'm at in my life now, there are, it is necessary to create boundaries, that's one of the greatest gifts of self-care you can give yourself. And the boundaries show up differently. And it's one of the things that I think have helped me to fortify myself. So building into my calendar that I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to build in that 15 to 20 minute buffer between meetings to go out and take a walk because I need to clear myself of what uh, may have been the notions and questions or whatever stuff that surfaces in from the last meeting into the next meeting you have. But sometimes you need to be able to create that so that you have a sense of well-being. And I also realized that as uh, Brene talks about several things, there is also a sense of importance around judgment or non-judgment. And I'm doing a lot of internal work for myself on how do I receive people without judgment? Like you come in and I just receive you as whoever you are as you show up. And I try to enter into that conversation or that experience to be open, open-hearted, wholehearted, uh, because for so much of our day, especially in the realm of social media, people make these quick snap judgments of you and they don't know that when they, when they meet you in the moment, they meet you, that they have gone through things. They have had several processes that have already sh- uh, surfaced and showed up for them that maybe just to be able to say, Hey, I see you. And I just am here to create space and listen and lean in and be of help and service that that may allow that person to breathe. And so, you know, as I think about this bigger set of conversations that we're having, I think about Brene Brown with uh, braving, which I think is something everyone should really consider. Creating boundaries is super important, as well as the other parts of the braving uh, inventory. But I also think, how can we, how can we lead, lead and lean in with non-judgment to the degree we best can in our own humanity? 
because I think that's what the next person needs. Well, yeah. And you had mentioned earlier, one way that you really connect with people or, you know, I can't remember the exact words you said, but the way I interpreted it was like the way you connect with people and build the trust and build the relationship is, you know, hold that space so they feel comfortable. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's all connected because if they're feeling that you're not judgmental. So one of the things that I recommend and that I do with my people that I coach is I ask them to go on a non-judgment detox for one week, just observe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more a shame observation for a week. And one of my mentors did this where she asked us to observe for one week. Cause we have like a weekly course with her where you are feeling shame or blame just in your week. And it's like, well, I, I, I wrote a lot, I could write like a lot of encyclopedias full of like a lot, a lot, right? Like just to bring in awareness to it was really fascinating. And I like to share with my clients, like, can you go through, can you, again, I always ask people just to observe, just share an invitation, not, you know, like you're not going to go from zero to hundred in one week or one day, but like, can you observe when you are judging yourself and others? And again, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to watch when you start to do that. Cause like, yeah. for whatever reason, when you get in your car, <laughs> you become the most judgmental person ever about like yeah. everyone else is driving. Right. And yeah. And, and just, and so what that, once I do that, then I ask them, can you walk through the world with an open heart? Mm-hmm. And then we play a little game where we say like, okay, go through your day, literally and picturing your heart open as you walk mm-hmm. and interact with every human, mm-hmm. even the one that you supposedly don't like or whatever stories going on, you know, like every person you interact with the grocery store, bus driver, everybody just like envision your heart being open and tell me how your day goes. And their day is always like amazing. <laughs> They're like, we had the best car. I had the best car. I've known this bus driver for three years. We've never talked about, you know. And so I love what you're saying about non-judgment. Love Brene Brown. And one of my guests shared that the, the most boundaried people are the bravest or, you know, the strongest. I love that as a, as a direction. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff, right? Good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you're when you're in these, when you're around people that you said you had to kind of take a break between meetings and mm-hmm. at times, you know, and you use boundaries as kind of way to come back to your authenticity. Yes. How do you deal with the judgment that people bring into you? Mm. Ooh, if you would have talked to my 20 year old, 30 year old self, I, you know, it'd be like, you know, a whole bunch of cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you a whole bunch of that, uh, but I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little wiser today than I was then. Um, what I realized, especially during the pandemic, and some, you know, will question whether or not we're still in it, depending mm-hmm. on your notions of politics and, uh, you know, social media. But what I found was, I would book my, so there's a couple of things that are also part of boundary setting Uh, for me is my calendar. Anyone in the world can actually, you know, lock in time on my calendar at any point, 15 minutes to an hour. If you, you know, whatever you need. Right. Um, I I recognize the open door policy is important and being able to say, I'm going like you have the ability to lock in time that mutually is, is exclusive for us to commune and talk about and relate to anything. 
One of the things that I realized was with people who are human, who um, who have little children that they're trying to to nurture while uh, they're in the classroom, but they also are parents and are nurturing uh, young people at home as well for their own biological children or the caretakers. So you you caretake in a day with the kids or the adults we, we serve and lead with, but you also go home and you are nurturing or are taking care of your grandmother, your aunt. And like all of that was part of some things that were showing up in the conversations. And so that was something because as a leader, you're carrying some of that with you. Um, and that's part of the work. But I also had some folks who um, said some things that weren't kind, some things that uh, diminished, you know, your humanity, making little snide, you know, um, commentary in meetings uh, that would um, cause a lot of friction. And what I found was because I had built these back-to-back meetings, I wasn't able to really just step back and sit back um, and allow whatever happened before me to actually like be compartmentalized, put in a box, or that I could quickly process it and shoo it away. What I found was that I needed to actually build in buffer time that allowed me, and and I'm not one of those people who who has done well with, I've heard some things that have been mean and demonstrative, and then I can go into the next meeting because you can see it on my face. I'm a mother's child. (laughs) I am Miss Cheryl's son. I do see how it shows up on my face. And the next person's like, what in the world just happened? And it's like, huh, I wasn't able to hide it. So I had a really great, uh, a really great executive coach. And she really, uh, you know, Liz, you know, if you ever hear this, Liz, I'm talking about you right now. But uh, she said, Craig, one of the things that you should probably adopt is breathing is important. You have to stop and breathe. Even if you do 30 seconds, one minute, do a meditation. But one of the things you could do is zip yourself up. Uh, One, breathe, allow to let go of the things that you need to let go of. Breathe in real good air. Allow yourself to get full. Fill yourself up with all of the, the love that you need to hold on to. And that this is only momentary and zip yourself up so that the only focus in this conversation is on active listening, especially if you're going to be engaging with someone that you got a little bit of tension with and get clear about the intentions for in the beginning of the conversation so that things don't veer off in one way or the other. And you can make a decision on how you want to engage in that conversation. Sometimes it's about truth saying and, and, and just saying, naming a thing is a thing. Sometimes it's about really rethinking and reframing a conversation so that it stays focused on the thing you need and not about the person, about the issue at hand, but not about the person who is the face who's bringing that to you, right? Uh, and doing those things were really important uh, for me as a leader to tap into using tapping during a conversation, using the zipping up strategy, breathing a lot, sometimes even um, doing a little bit of a doodle on, you know, my notebook. As I'm listening to a person, it, it's not like I'm toning out, but finding different strategies that are necessary. And one of the other things that I found is also a really great thing. I was looking, I have like 16 fidgets, but I also sometimes when I'm um, with someone, 
I I may also have a fidget in my hand. My one of my rings actually happens to be a fidget that I can use to really help ground me when rage or anger shows up. So good, so good. And I feel like there was so much juice in there. And a couple of things I want to highlight is I want people to hear because this is one thing I've been really trying to share with the listeners is that you have to prioritize yourself and you have to prioritize. Like, so you said this a few times, you know, I schedule, do a meditation or go to the gym or whatever it may be. And, and not having the, the back-to-back, having the space between the back-to-back meetings. I feel like we're in our culture, it's all about the back-to-back meetings and you're getting pride from like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I have so much to do. I have so many meetings. I'm so important. And like really just taking a step back and being like, actually taking 15 minutes in between meetings or even five or walking outside. I remember my first year as a principal and I walked outside one time for like 10 minutes. Like there was a Starbucks three blocks away in East San Jose. And we would walk, we would see who could get there fastest and back. And like me and the assistant principals, after I walked outside, they were like, Oh, what a concept. Like walk outside. That's a great idea. But those little things, like we don't even think about it. Right. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you have these real clear boundaries with yourself so yeah. that you can show up in the more difficult meetings or the places where it's, you know, you might have a, a certain situation where, you know, you might feel a little triggered or upset or whatever, or the rage is going to come out. And I think that what I also heard you say is that there is an awareness, like taking that time and then throughout your day, you know, using this, I think you said zip strategy, right? Is yeah. It's taking a moment to be self-aware. Yes. And I, you know, I train leaders and I always say that if you are willing to be self-aware and get to know how you're feeling throughout your day and what's making you, you know, had mad, mad, savvy, had uh, mad, happy, or sad, that you will be a better leader. And just being aware of that is actually a huge part of the game. And then to your point, being aware of how you're feeling and then yeah. creating these strategies and structures like all great school leaders do. We got great systems and structures, right? But we have a lot of great systems and structures about like our lunch duty and our teacher check-ins and all that, but we forget to have them for our actual self-care, which makes us a better leader. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot in there, but I just, you know, I'd like to hear any other, <laughs> any other things you do around your own practices you know, what are you really, because the other reason I love my, I would say I love my title, but you know, <laughs> one of the reasons I, I think the title is what I'm trying to make a point with the title mindful education warrior is that like, there is a discipline. There's a warrior part to this, yeah. which to your point around boundaries is, you know, it's, it's, you're not just sitting and meditating all day. You're not just, you know, taking care of yourself and all that kind of stuff. You're, there's also like a real discipline and, and, and the work of a warrior to really show up as the best version of yourself. So yeah, what are some of the the warrior practices that you have to be the best version of you? Oh, um, I, so one, I mean, waking up and breathing is necessary. <laughs> all the things of the, all of the thoughts that surface of these things didn't get done. I got to get them done today. I got this, you know, amount of time that I have and you feel a rush, rush, rush. I don't have young people. I don't have my own kids yet. So I understand that some of the things that I might offer is from a perspective of someone who is going to be having, uh, you know, yeah, the yeah. massive family. Uh, <laughs> but 
I start off the day, um, I start with breathing. I also then go to the gym in the morning because that's what works for me. I understand that if I work out and breathe and do the things that I need to do to work out all of the demons of of yesterday, then I'm a better person and I am more agile in my thinking and my flow by doing that. I also um, have about an hour commute in the morning. So I listen to a host of different podcasts and I listen to things that feed my spirit because I know I'm going into an environment that where people are going to need positivity, sensitivity, empathy, um, some direction and firmness as well. And so um, some of those podcasts that I I might be listening to, it's like, um, uh, sorry, I'm looking because this book is here. Justin Michael Williams, uh, who has a great podcast called the kingdom. Um, I'm, I listen to a lot of super soul with Oprah I also love uh, TD Jakes, um, the vibe, vibe check. So there's some different things that I listen to in the morning just to kind of get my spirit ready, uh, get my vibe right uh, yeah. in, in the day. And those things are important. I also have gratitudes um, that I do in the morning. So that might be along the way that I start uh, on my hour commute. Or if I walk into my office, I might put right on my whiteboard here's five things that come to mind I'm grateful for because I realize that someone right next to me may not have the very things that I have, like a warm pillow, or I have the ability to choose what coffee I want to drink. I have options and resources to do that. And sometimes just the simplest things are things that humble us and humanize us uh, and allows us to move forward and empowering others during the day. Yeah. I love what you said. I also appreciate that you said, like, I'm offering this to someone who doesn't have children. And, (laughs) and I feel like this is possible regardless of what your, you know, whether you have 10 children, zero children or four jobs or one, you know, like the reality is when you really commit to this. And I, I always tell this story that my listeners get tired of it, but I used to, I used to meditate in the janitor's closet when I was a principal Mm. because I had small children. They were three and five and they came to school with me. So like that was a whole situation, getting out the door and getting them to my job and trying not to be late as a principal, like getting mad at other people being late. And I'm like, come on guys, I can't be late. And so then I would, once they got into class, I would literally run into run upstairs and then take like 15 minutes to just do a quick little centering meditation, clear my thoughts and then go downstairs and greet all the families. And that was so it's possible, right? It's possible. It and then, you know, I find times in the day where to your point, you just prioritize it. And, yeah. you know, and you said, you know, yourself, like you go to the gym cause you know yourself it's in the mornings for me, I would never yeah. be able to do a morning workout, but you know, I find other, other times to do it. And, mm-hmm. but I think what's really important for people to hear is that you prioritize it and you have a routine in the morning, yeah. which is not a small thing because what you're saying is, I'm taking control of the inputs I'm going to receive on my one hour commute. So instead of maybe listening to the news, which could be full of bad negative energy, like, you know, you can fall, like, I don't like to listen to the news. I like to go and kind of like educate myself on what's going on, but not go inside the doom and gloom. And, Mm -hmm. but that one hour is, you know, you think you're feeding your spirit or, you know, getting it ready or I reworded it, but it's like, that's really important because I do the same thing. Like I have my list of podcasts and different people. I think, like I said, I listen to Michael Beckwith every 
Sunday morning, he has a, a meditation, you know, he has his service, like, and they're not even, they don't even cost money. That's the other thing too. Like you don't have to pay for this. You could do this in a way that's, but what I want people to hear is that you have to really be aware of what information you're bringing into your mind, body, spirit, like what information you're bringing in and how you're operating throughout the day. Back to your, one of your original answers, you know, that you shared was that you find a way to be a person who can hold a relationship or hold a space where they trust you. They feel comfortable. You said that, you know, to be a transformational leader, people are trying to find their passion and their purpose and to kind of find some of their genius. And in order to be that mirror, there are certain very intentional things you're doing to allow people to feel comfortable in, in their space. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Southerner as well. So some of the other things that are very tangible things you could do, I have uh, snacks and candy and coffee and cocoa and tea in the space. So sometimes people just need to be fed and they just want something that'll keep stirring their day. So I also do that being from New Orleans. I'm like, most, most Southerners are like, I don't like what you're not Southern enough. If you ain't got a little food that you can offer to the people. <laughs> what is it? Sweet tea. Do you offer some sweet iced tea too? Hey, <laughs> all right. Now how sweet do you want it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I remember when I was opening my charter school about eight years ago and I had just gone to a very contentious meeting with the district and I was so stressed out and I hadn't really been doing these practices and really having this kind of inner work. And I went to meet with an actual, oh, I didn't realize this to this part of the story. It's now an actual Michael Beckwith affiliate, but it's right across the street from our school. It's a unity church. And I met, I went to meet with the minister there about some partnerships with like preschools and stuff. And I was so stressed out. And then I walked into his office and it was like fountains and like Buddha statues and like rocks and just, it was peace. It was literally like peace on earth. Like I walked in there, you know, so it's like, and that's the outside space, but really the outside space he had created was the reflection of his inside space. Right. So when I walked in there, all of a sudden I felt like, like the, like the world's not a terrible place. Maybe the school actually opened. Like, People aren't bad. They're just doing their thing in the district. I'm doing my thing over here. Like nobody's bad. And it, I was able to like the whole entire situation was shifted in my, my mind and my heart because oh, he wow. just invited me into his office. And so yeah. it's real when you have food and when you create a space and, but really it's like, what are you doing on the inside? Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I want to eat something. Hey. <laughs> All right. So let's shift gears a little bit. I'd love to hear about, um, you know, what advice you would have. I think we've kind of like talked about it throughout this conversation, but you know, one of the reasons I started the podcast is because I'm really worried about the state of education, the world in general, but especially service fields like healthcare, education, social work, because we give so much and we love so much and we're not great at taking care of ourselves and, and I feel like what's happened in the last few years has made it really difficult. Like we can't kind of keep it all together as much as we used to. And, you know, I do a lot of consulting and a lot of the spaces I'm going into now, they're 
they're all struggling with the same thing, which is like kids are really struggling. Adults are struggling. And it feels like we have a little bit of a mental health crisis on our hands, not a little bit, like a serious one. And so I really love to ask my guests, you know, what, what advice do you have for people that are in the grind of the day-to-day schools and, you know, what can they do? What, you know, just some, like some simple things or just kind of anything you might want to offer to someone who's listening, that's really trying to help themselves be better while also being great at serving their community. Well, I would share, uh, this acronym, uh, March. I recognize that our healing is, it's a, it's a institute. It's a long process. It's the long game. But if you do the work, like you benefit and everyone else benefits. And so for March, um, I talk about like mind, body, and spirit connection. It's important for you to continue to do that work. It's a continuum. Um, and then A stands for amplifying good news. Uh, I, I don't listen to the news in the morning. I have gotten to a place where I just want to see what I need to see in order to do the work I do. But I always, you know, lean into that uh, song uh, from the Wiz. Don't nobody bring me no bad news because we realize that it weighs you down. Like your shoulders go down and you wonder why it is that I'm feeling so tight right now. And it's like, so you didn't got this onslaught like in 10 minutes, you have heard all of the worst ills of the world and then you're supposed to go out and do good. I, I, I want to start my day in a different way. So amplifying good news means I'm going to give, I'm a, I will name my gratitude. What am I grateful for? I am going to make, I, I send voice notes. So I will make a voice and say, hey, what's going on, people? What's going on, family? How y'all doing? I, I love, love that idea. And <laughs> sending that out because that changes the energy, the atmosphere. I also think about rising with resilience. What happened yesterday or whatever mistake I made yesterday or the day before, the last week, that thing happened. We got to keep moving. Every person who has been an Olympic um, champion in some way or a warrior, as you talk about, or anyone who has ever been on top or is on top in life has also had a fault. They have fallen and they dust themselves up and we keep moving forward. But I think that it's also important for you to see, create brave care spaces. Those spaces, sometimes you create them for you. And you are a byproduct of what you feel you need. But sometimes you need to create them for other people where you can come together and say, hey, what are the ways we can um, we can reinvest in ourselves, reinvest some good stuff into each other? So it could be that that lunch, that lunch, that 15 minutes that you walk in, you could be walking with someone else. You don't even have to say anything. You could just walk together. Sometimes that's the student that, you know, has had a tough day. Sometimes that's that staff member who has gotten on your nerves. But for some reason, you two can walk and be in the same space and it'd be okay. So how do you create brave care uh, spaces where um, some of the most challenging vulnerabilities that surface can be nurtured, that can be edified, and you can find healing and experience it? And then H uh, in, 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 in my march for, for healing is holding on to hope. And it is a very tough world that we live in every day arises new things, but we have to hope for something better. And that better could be what our young people will do in this world that will transform the very earth that we're in 
they could solve for global warming. <laughs> you know, yes. we have to hold out hope that something better comes on the other side of what uh, that conversation, that collaboration, that moment, that misstep, that moment you sat in the uh, in the closet and you did your uh, your meditation for fifteen minutes. Something greater will come because you carry hope in your heart and spirit. And that's the hard work that keeps transcending time. And so I think that that's part of what I would offer to people as they think about, all right, well, what can I do? Yeah, that's so beautiful. Amazing. I love that acronym. And I will definitely put it in the show notes so people can remember it. And, you know, as I'm listening to you speak, this is like one of the things that I struggle with is that it's like, well, if I'm so, if I'm too positive, Mm-hmm. Then people are going to be like, yeah, well, you're executive director or like, yeah, you don't have kids or like you're whatever, whatever. Right. And this is like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I always, and I, so I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll be like, well, I'm not saying, I'm not, not saying the whole like toxic positivity where you're just like, everything's great. Like, so my dad was the king of toxic positivity. Like we had no money. The rent was not being paid. There was no food, you know, it was not good scene. And he's like, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And at the end of the day, everything was fine. Yeah. but. Depends on how you define fine, first of all. And like, and there was not any space for like, well, let's feel some sadness. Let's actually say like, no, we're sad right now that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that you're about to be on welfare again. Like, it's okay. Like, let's not just pretend like everything's okay. So I always struggle with the like, how do we hold the space for Mm -hmm. hope, hold the space Mm -hmm. for feelings and, and the sadness and keep moving us forward? Yeah, I, it's it, it, you can hold both at the same time. So today I've had very tough moments of fighting back negative self-talk. So, yes. when, you know, was on, I woke up in a very much a funk and like really trying to figure out, all right, what is my next chapter? Like, I got these big life questions. Uh, I didn't work out today. I felt this way. Oh, this thing here, I'm plagued. I don't have the words to pull this wonderful proposal together, or I didn't articulate this thing right, or, oh, so-and-so felt like I slighted them today. Like, all of that happened today. And it's like, I carry that, but I also carry a a sense of, Craig, just breathe. It's all right. There's some opportunities to, if you did, you know, harm someone, you can try to make amends. And that also includes you. You can do that for yourself. So I don't want anyone to sit here and listen to me, listen to this conversation and think like, oh, it's all blossoms. It is not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I've had some moments today and it's it's taken a lot of different moments to get me to this place where I can speak, you know, in a way that I am today. Because I recognize both can be be true at the same time. It's okay to not be okay. Uh, the question is, well, what are you going to do with that? And how long do you stay there? And what are the tools you need in order to uh, manifest a different experience that can be gratuitous? Because you don't have to live in that moment. That circumstance and situation doesn't define your future or what you're destined to do. It really is about the moment-by-moment choices we make to choose a different perspective. Doesn't mean that you didn't experience being homeless. It doesn't mean you were not uh, someone who uh, experienced domestic abuse. It does not mean that, yeah, the rent is due and you don't know how you're going to pay it, but you got to go to work, even if you don't feel well. Like, those can be true and you can still say, but 
it's going to get better on the other side. I may not see it right now, but I have not, I've not gotten here today in this moment and not had other moments where I've fallen and I've still not risen and great things have happened. So both can be true. Both can absolutely be true. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. So yes, my favorite line, both can be true. And both things can be true at the same time. And I love your answer. That's the nuanced answer that I would try and share with people. And you know what's funny? You're three hours ahead of me, but I had a rough morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were scheduled for 1030 Pacific, which is 1.30 your time. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this podcast this morning. Like, I got to really pull myself together. I can't believe he scheduled it for a Monday morning. <laughs> got to blame you. You know, like, we got to blame somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was like, I need to block off Mondays. I can't do podcasting. <laughs> and of course, we're having a great conversation. But like, I think yes. that that negative self-talk is real. Mm-hmm. And it's Absolutely. very real. And mm-hmm. I'm working with a group of teachers right now. And I'm asking them just to really notice their thoughts. Yeah. Because those thoughts will take you down. And what I really heard you say is that, you are not a victim. So I love the book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. It talks about if you can feel your feelings, I can't remember the research. I want to say it's like five or 10. It's, it's seconds, maybe 30 mm-hmm. seconds or less. If you can just feel your feeling and actually feel them and actually say like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on right now in this moment. And then just take a deep breath, let it out. Then you're like, okay, now I'm in a new moment and now I'm ready to have some hope. And now I'm ready to like, you know, notice that the thoughts I had about not writing a good proposal or the thoughts I had about, you know, whatever it was, our negative thoughts this morning that we can just Mm -hmm. say like, okay, those are thoughts in that moment. And I'm going to send some love to those thoughts and send some love to myself. And then I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to be like, wait, like you just said, I didn't get here (laughs) by being a victim of my circumstance, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not a victim of my circumstance. My circumstance happened and I got to heal and feel and all that good stuff. And the same time I can be hopeful and use all these practices to, to really propel myself forward. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. I could talk to you all day and I do think it's really important that we ended with this is good advice. Um, you're an imperfect human. I'm an imperfect human and we are working on ourselves Absolutely. and the inner work you do shows up on the outside. When I was perusing your website and your school, I was like, this guy's really impressive. You know, and people will say that to me a lot. And I'll be like, well, it's, it's not that complicated. It's pretty simple. I take care of myself. I follow mm-hmm. what you call God, source, life, whatever you want to yes. call it. Everyone has, yeah. you know, whatever you believe in. I follow yeah. that and I listen to that. And each day... I have conversations with, I, in one of my episodes, I talk about the inner child, you know, like the wounded inner child. I had conversations mm. with the negative self talk. I have those conversations. Yes. And I love, I love that part of me. And then I go and I do the next thing as the warrior that we are. Right. Right. <laughs> so thank you so wow. much for a great conversation today. I always like to end with two things. Anything you'd like to share, like your website or any, anything you want people to be able to, you know, to learn more about you or any offer you might have, anything like that you want to share? I mean, first and foremost, thank you so much, David, for uh, inviting me to be part of this conversation and be part of your wonderful family. It is uh, 
it has been really invigorating to be in conversation and community with you. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm out here in the social media world. So if, uh, if you happen to see, if you look for me on craigcmartinleads.com, that's my website. I'm generally like Craig C. Martin, whether or not it's LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, I think like I'm Craig C. Martin 12, but yeah, connect in any way that moves your spirit. Um, and I'm a servant to the people and to the world we, we, uh, we live and learn in. So, uh, however I can be helpful, I, you know, I will try to help. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really such a pleasure to be with you today. And, you know, I think I'll close with saying that I feel a lot better, even though I felt like I should cancel this podcast, right? <laughs> because that moment passed. And I think the power of community and conversations, like I, I always talk about, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So start to do a little inventory of the okay. five. Okay. <laughs> about five years ago, I did that. And now I have different friends. <laughs> okay. All right now. <laughs> I love them from far away, but we don't talk as much as we used to. <laughs> okay. I love that. I love that. That I have done that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So find your, find your community, find your group and you know, reach out to people when you are having those negative thoughts, you do your inner work and you work through it. And at the same time, you reach out to the Craig's and you're like, Hey, Craig, I need to talk. Oh, I wanted to ask you, this is just to cure the voice notes. Who do you send those to? Oh, um, any like people who are in the tribe. So I have, I think I have four group chats going right now. And so, yeah, I'll pop, I, I can do a voice note in a minute. Because what I realize is texts sometimes don't translate the level That's of same. energy and emotion I want. And so I can send a voice note on my phone and just say whatever it is that I want to say. Last week, I sung a song. Like, I was like, I was really feeling myself. But what that did on the other side was, like, people say, Craig, I needed that. Yes. I'm, I, it was so great to hear your laugh. And so I, I was so much time. It took, 50, it, it took 15 seconds, 30 yeah. seconds. It changes the atmosphere when you do it from a place of love. And so, yeah, that's what that's I do. Cool. And I, and I, I hey, you, you know, if people want a, a voice note from Craig, just reach out. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> and I yes. love, um, do it from a place of love. That's exactly where we're going to close. Thanks so much, yes. Craig. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Education Warrior podcast. I want you to know that every guest and listener is a value part of this co-creation. We're so honored that you listened and we hope that this helped you in some small or big way today. This is a community and a movement and without you, it wouldn't be possible. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to davidkrichards.com where you will find special offers for podcasts. And as always, if you're moved an episode, please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Finally, our greatest compliment is when you share an episode with someone who you believe will benefit from the message. I'm sending you so much love today and the courage to really be the mindful warrior within you. Thank you. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B 
To learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com slash B-E.